your number one morning show. Way the future. Oh, it looks good on you, though. Dan Benjamin. That's your name, dude. And a good day to you, sir. War were declared. You ready? Wait a minute now. Let's go. Yeah, I like it. And now, from the barbecue capital of the world. Look at his face. It's radio, but on the internet. It's Dan Benjamin Live! Tuesday. Tuesday, January 26, 2021. That's right. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's good to see you today on this Tuesday. Got a little bit of news and a little bit to talk about. And then a big show with Merlin Mann, a regular Tuesday, as Merlin says. Tuesday is the optimistic day. I don't agree with him, but I don't bring that up on the show because, you know, why bring everybody down? My name is Dan Benjamin. You can find me anywhere at Dan Benjamin. Of course, you know that already because why? You've already liked and subscribed and you've rung the little bell. I have to remind you every day because you know what? Every day there's a new person who's never seen the show joining and I have to encourage them to uh, do that thing and also encourage you to support the show. Now, I will say, oh, by the way, that's uh, patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin if you want to support the show. And I appreciate it because this is how I make a living is through your support. People seem to think that right under here is a giant pile of cash, but that's not true. It's, it's just air down there, just like under your desk. It's not a pile of cash. So every little bit helps. Uh, so you could do that over at Patreon. What I do want to add, though, is that uh, I've been looking at all, y'all are moving over to YouTube because we know Periscope's ending. You can still watch it there and YouTube. Sorry, Twitter is going to have something else, but so uh, trying to get you over to YouTube. I say that every day. It's boring. I probably won't say it after today. Not much, but appreciate those of you who have subscribed. I've seen the subscriptions going way up. And the likes too. If you're watching this on YouTube, just hit the li- smash, smash. Is that supposed to say smash? Smash the like button. And, uh, and that helps me. And it shows YouTube that you're here and it helps promote the show and all of that good stuff. But almost none of you are supporting on Patreon. So shame on you. Shame on you. Let's jump right into the news because it's got to be a little bit of a shorter show because even though I'm starting much earlier, I have to end earlier because... Merlin has a thing today, so we had to move the show a half an hour earlier. So it's going to be a little bit of a shorter show. Sorry about that. My Pillow CEO, Mike Lindell, Lindell has been banned from Twitter. That's right. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Uh, well, do, why do you think? If I were going to ask you, I can't keep track of my mice here. Uh, you know what? I need to install also. Little. And, oh wait, I've got it. I've got the. I've got the jingle. I need to get the thing, I forget what it's called, um, that allows you to take the mouse and move it from one monitor over to another monitor when they're different computers. Because over here is a Mac and over here is a PC. And I want to just move one mouse straight across all of them. You remember that? It would take control of the key. It used to be called Synergy or something. Fact check me on that, guys. Fact check me on that. Not a KVM switch, Nelson. I know what a K... I spent decades in the bowels of data centers. I'm not talking about a KVM. I'm talking about the software when you move to the edge of one. Can I Can I ban Nelson? Can we ban... Let No, we're not going to ban him because he's a wonderful listener, but we can do that. 
where you drag the mouse and as you move the mouse seamlessly from one to the next. It's beautiful. Synergy, that's what it's called. Oh yeah, Mouse Without Borders, Corey says. That's another one. Um, yeah, and, and yes, Roderick on the line is back today. And if you are a supporter of uh, Roadwork on Patreon, I'm not asking you to do that. I'm saying if you're a supporter, you'll be learning some things about what we're doing with that show. That's all I'm saying. And I say that on Twitter. People keep asking me on Twitter, what's going on with the show? I say, are you a, a patron? Do you support the Patreon? And they think that that's me saying, you better support the Patreon or we're not coming back. I'm saying, are, are you? Because if you are, you will learn what's going on. That's where we'll be sharing information about. And Nelson is saying synergy. Yes. Yes. Dad's Kitchen podcast. When did you guys, did you guys put the episode out, Dad's Kitchen? Did you put that one out? Because I'll, I'll tweet it. I'll mention it if you did. Just tweet it and I'll retweet it. Back to the MyPillow CEO, Mike. Mike Lind Lind Lindel, Lindel. That's your name, dude. He says, uh, the story here is that uh, he was banned from Twitter on Monday night. Twitter made its decision based on a new policy it enacted after the Capitol insurrection, whereby people who repeatedly share election misinformation can be permanently banned. Quote, the account you referenced has been permanently suspended due to repeat violations of our civic integrity policy, the spokesperson told CNN. But they didn't say which one tweet uh, was the cause of it. So we don't actually know, but it says that Bed Bath & Beyond stopped selling MyPillow after he voiced concerns, uh, continued support for Donald Trump in the wake of the insurrection. And he voiced false statements publicly about the validity of the election. Now, this is interesting. It's interesting to me because on platforms, you don't have freedom of speech. You have freedom of expression, based on what the platform decides to allow, right? We've talked about this before. It's an important thing to note. There are rules. This isn't NOM. And you have to obey those rules on those specific platforms. And each platform has and is entitled to its own set of rules. So, for example, if Twitter said, we don't want you to talk about the color red anymore. So if you post a picture of something that's red or you use the word red, or your bio avatar has you in a red shirt or whatever, you're, you're, you're off, we're banning you. Or if you speak about, uh, you know, if, if you speak about uh, computer mice, yeah, like this one, off, off, off the platform. They can do that. They can do that. And they don't even have to announce that they have that as a policy. They can just say, we just decided. It's up to them to do it. So keep that in mind when you're publishing. I can't use real examples because if I do, YouTube will pull this. I've seen it happen to a friend of mine, so sorry. It's just weird because we think we have freedom of speech and we do just based on what the platforms determine is the freedom that we're allowed to have. So think about that. Um. Andy's saying he heard Roderick on the line yesterday. It shows up on AntennaPod as soon as they post it. Yes. Uh, a new coronavirus. Oh, sorry. We've got to do our, um, got to do our little, I, I'm still getting used to this thing. I'm sorry. Where is it? It's. Excuse me. I'm in need of medical attention. All right. Let's talk about the coronavirus variant from Brazil. It's been found. Guess where? 
in Minnesota. That's right. A new variant of coronavirus first detected in Brazil has been confirmed in Minnesota. The variant was detected by the Minnesota Department of Health, which announced yesterday that a new strain is thought to be more transmissible. Now, remember, we believe it's more transmissible. It seems more transmissible. Does it seem more harmful? Well, that's interesting. No is what they've been saying. But now, maybe. But here's the quote. They say, this case illustrates why it's so important to limit travel during a pandemic as much as possible, said state epidemiologist uh, Ruth Linfield. If you must travel, it's important to watch for symptoms of COVID-19. Follow public health guidance on getting tested prior to travel. Use careful protective measures during travel and quarantine and get tested after travel. Uh, Why are they saying that? Because they think that uh, this person who was um, in the Minneapolis metro area Guess what they did? They went to Brazil. They went to Brazil. Why are you traveling? I don't know. Don't be so dumb. Uh, interestingly, white people are getting vaccinated at higher rates than black and Latino Americans. Did you know that? This article by Nikel Terry Erlis over at CNN. Uh, it says black and Latino Americans are receiving the COVID vaccine at, slight, at significantly lower rates than white people a disparity that health advocates blame on the federal government and hospitals not prioritizing equitable access. So they uh, CNN analyzed data from 14 states and found the vaccine coverage is twice as high, twice as high among white people on average than it is among black and Latino people. Um, that sucks it, it, because black and Latino people seem to get it worse They seem to have the virus worse and they die more frequently from it. Uh, It says right right here, black and Latino Americans are already dying at three times the rate of white people and being hospitalized at four times higher. Uh, Obviously, there would be trouble if you said one ethnicity is going to get it before another ethnicity by choice. But this is pretty bad. You would think that if you could, you would get it sooner if you knew that you were in a higher risk group. But what this article doesn't really do is explain why it is the way that it is. CNN's findings come as the government struggles with vaccine supply shortages and a chaotic rollout that's caused delays in vaccinating the elderly. I've mainly heard talk about the elderly. This is the first time I've read an article that specifically addresses this issue. And this really sucks. I think we need to do better but this is what happens. And and I just want to point this out. I just want to point something out. I keep hearing articles talking about how other countries are handling the vaccine rollouts better. And I'll tell you my opinion on why I think that is. And that's because most countries that are not America have a central governing body that decides what the whole country does. And tell me if I'm wrong, guys. Fact check me here. Okay. But the whole country, a decision is made on behalf of the whole country. We generally don't do that here in the States. You you know, yes, there are many federal laws and there is a federal governing system. But when it comes to things like this, the states make the decisions. That's why you have the whole situation like we talked about yesterday in California, where the governor of California says, oh, no, guys, You're too stupid as Californians. You're too stupid to know how we make decisions that affect your lives. So we're just, don't worry about those factors. We'll we'll take care of the factors for you. 
shut up, slave, to quote my friends over on No Agenda. But um, the entire uh, the entire concept of the way that uh, the way that this works is based on what the individual states decide to do. It's not up to the federal government to make that decision. Okay. Next story. Uh, I have this one just because I thought this was uh, amazing in showing that everybody is subject to this. Everybody can be affected by this. And that is Carlos Slim, Latin America's richest man, has tested positive. Now, I will admit that I did list, That's your name, want to say Carlos Slim. That's a pretty cool name. But he is worth $52 billion. And this dude got it. He's 80 years old. And uh, it says that he was only showing light symptoms. He was doing very well, his son wrote in a tweet. This is the day after Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador also got the disease. Do you think they he got it from him? Do you think they got it together in the same place? You would think that they hang out. Guys like this probably hang out together. I would think so. Um, now, here's another article unrelated to, to COVID because we're done with the COVID section uh, and we need to be because I'm running out of time. Uh, so you might have heard that after WhatsApp was kicked to the curb uh, because of uh, everyone rejecting it because of these policies that they decided not to even implement right away after all, everybody apparently moved over to Signal uh, or Telegram. But Signal seems to be a, a, a big one that people have moved to. And uh, here's a neat article on The Verge written by Alex uh, Castro. What's your name, dude? Uh, the fast-growing encrypted messaging app is making itself increasingly vulnerable to abuse. Current and former employees are sounding the alarm. What do they mean by abuse? So let's let me break this down for you. It says right now, by the way, uh, Signal has about 20 million people on it. It's known for being very secure. It has end-to-end -end encryption, and they're, I think they open source parts of it, so they're like, hey, test it. Test it all you want, and we'll just make it better if you find any any holes in there. Uh, it says Signal, Signal has a small fraction of the market. Telegram has 90 million, just added 90 million in January alone. Uh, so that's kind of a big deal. I know a lot of people that are using Telegram. and um, But here's the thing. It says in the months leading up to the to and following the 2020 presidential election, Signal employees raised questions about the development and addition of new features that they fear will lead the platform to be used in dangerous and even harmful ways. But those warnings have largely gone unheeded as the company has pursued a goal to hit 100 million active users. That's what they want. But I basically there are uh, there are been internal discussions that they've had. And here's one it says, uh, they paint a portrait of a company that's just proud of its role in promoting privacy while also willfully dismissing concerns over the potential misuse of its service. So what kind of misuse are they even really talking about? <laughs> Interestingly, they don't talk about it that much, except that it allows people who want to talk about things that you can't talk about on Twitter and that you can't talk about on YouTube. They want to talk about those things. That's the misuse that they're talking about. So if, for example, let's just say that I wanted to talk about Bigfoot and there's proof that Bigfoot doesn't exist. Loch Ness Monster, that's a better one. We haven't seen Loch Ness Monster. There's that one picture of the fin 
You remember that one? Or it looks like this could be a fin of a plesiosaur, could be a leaf. But let's say I'm completely convinced that the Loch Ness monster is real. It's real. It's got to be real, right? Okay. And I go on here and I say, Loch Ness is real. I believe it. No one's going to care. They're going to say, ah, Dan's just crazy. It's a, no big deal. But if I were to say something about, let's say, election fraud, which is, I can't even say anything beyond that because they'll, they'll shut me down. Um, if, if I were to talk about that, I would get shut down here, but I could do it on Signal and no one knows. And I could recruit people onto my Signal chat where I could say, Loch Ness is real. It's real. See, look, here's the fin. Here's the picture. It's real. And all these people would be like talking about it and believing, believing that Loch Ness was real. So what if I were to do that about some other topic that they don't want me to talk about? That's the kind of misuse that they're talking about. We've got to put a stop to that. We can't have people getting together to talk about a thing. Your app is being misused. We got to pull it. I'm writing Apple right now. I'm writing Apple. We got to get this off of there. That's just, there's no other way about it. So, and uh, there's another article in here about it if you want to see it in the show notes. Oh, also, uh, ta-da, rejoice. Amazon has a new app icon. Look at that. And unlike all of the other app icons that are coming out, for iOS and everything else, where it's just a white box with the logo inside of it. We actually have a real logo here and I, I approve of it. I think it looks quite nice. Quite nice. Look at that. Look how han handsome of an icon that is. Beautiful. Kudos to our friends over at, uh, don't I have applause? Ha, ha, yeah. ha, ha, good one. Americans are spending an average of $47 a month on streaming services. This is after everybody wants to uh, wants to talk about disconnecting and cutting the cord because they want to save money. But we're very quickly approaching the same costs or more than what we used to spend on cable. The only difference is we get to watch the stuff that we want when we want without having to DVR everything. Uh, $47 a month. And that's actually up quite a bit. Uh, it was $34 a month in 2019. So, you know, you don't think that that's a lot, but if you actually look at how many households have it and how that directly affects these streaming companies, streaming is the way, man. It's all on demand. Everyone knows it now. I remember when cord cutting was like a weird thing and now it's just what everyone does. Netflix, like I was saying last week, still on top. Uh, they are the, the service of choice, $14 a month is used by 81% of surveys ho surveyed households by the end of 2020. This is according to a JD Power survey. But interestingly, that's down from 85% seven months earlier. So what does that mean? You would say, oh, there must be going to Amazon Prime. Uh-uh-uh, Amazon Prime, 66% now. They saw a decrease from 66% uh, down to 65%. Not a big difference. But they, in this article, they're saying the reason is that people are, uh, are are experimenting. Why? Hulu. It's Hulu. It's about Hulu, right? They saw an increase from 48% of households to 56% of households. You've also got YouTube TV, Disney+, Plus, HBO Max, Apple TV, Comcast, Peacock, Stars, ESPN+, Sling TV, AT&T TV, all gaining. So they are, you know, it's going to be death by a thousand cuts for Netflix. A little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit there. Okay, so pay attention. That's it, man. No, game it's not over, game. Man. 
it is not game over for Netflix yet. It's never going to be. I think Netflix will continue to do great stuff. We're just going to have a lot of choices. But what's going to happen? People are going to get tired of paying for all these different services. And I still think the future of streaming is going to be individual shows, individual movies. Not, not like you're going to want to buy them one by one. But how many of you are paying for HBO Max for like one program? And you're like, well, I guess I'm done watching this thing. Uh, but I think that next thing coming up might be worth it. I'll just keep it. Or you forget to cancel it. You know, that's what they're counting on. They're counting on it. The next web is reporting that there is a, uh, an, they're saying nearly inexplicable exoplanet. I've not heard the term nearly inexplicable before. I'm not sure that they're using that correctly, but I love that the name of the planet is WASP-107b. WASP-107b. Uh, the interesting thing is it's an exoplanet, which means it's not really part of our solar system, but they're calling it a super puff planet. It has one-tenth as much of the mass as the king of our solar system. <laughs> what is, who's the king of our solar system? What does that mean? Jupiter? They're talking about Jupiter. Jupiter is the king of the solar. I like that. Okay. This is a new one for me. Um, but they're calling it a cotton candy planet because it's so like not dense. They say it has a mass of Neptune and a radius of Jupiter. It presents a challenge to planet formation theories. Meanwhile, the planet's low surface gravity and the star's brightness also make it one of the most favorable targets for atmospheric characterization. This is from the super hip publication, The Astronomical Journal, which I have to admit, I did let my subscription lapse on that one. So I'm sorry, uh, but there you go. New planet. Twitter has acquired a newsletter uh, company review. Remember when I said that 2021 is going to be the year of consolidation and integration? That's what's going on right now. Twitter says, hey, newsletters are a big thing. Well, guess what? Newsletters are a big thing. Everyone wants to do it, but review, you know, kind of competing with Substack. But now that Twitter owns it, they can push all of their mass wealth into it and make it even bigger. And of course, they're Twitter, so they can uh, make a big deal out of everything. And uh, basically, this is uh, this is war, for lack of uh, of another word. War were declared. Thank you very much for behaving, Soundboard. Okay, we've got two quick articles left before I get a record with Merlin. So real fast, top 10 luxury watches of 2020. So this is uh, looking back at the year. And here's what they're saying. And I disagree with almost every single one of these. Uh, the Browns Rolex Submariner Hulk. Nope, that's not, not the one. Uh, this one is the uh, Batman. Yeah, I could see putting the Batman in there. Robin, but look at the, see how they've blinged these things out? I don't approve of this bling thing with the little diamonds. I think it's cheesy AF. But Rolex Daytona, who doesn't love the Rolex Daytona? Ugh. What a watch. The uh, day date, 40 millimeter rose gold anniversary. Again, not a big fan of the extra bling around the outside there. Uh, and by the way, if you are uh, just uh, listening, the you're going to be mind. out of luck today. The AP Royal Oak Gold Skeleton. I'm not a big fan of skeleton watches. Sorry. Um, the AP Oak 
chronograph blue dial with rose gold. Not a big fan of the rose gold. And then, yes, the 39 millimeter jumbo 15202 ST ultra thin. I do like that one. And, uh, you know, there's some more in here, but I can't go through them all. And look, what is this trend with the bling? Where is that coming from, the bling? I don't care for it. And then the last article I've got for you today is the, there is a Michael Jackson smooth criminal lean. You remember the lean that he did in that video? They've made a one-third scale replica of the smooth criminal lean. This is kind of cool, I guess. It's not, it's, it's detailed. It's very cool. It was, is there a big demand for this? Is this something that people were like hoping for? Is it commemorating? Is it a certain year? No, it's just showed up. It's just here. And by the way, uh, the deluxe edition is 1400 bucks and 900 bucks for the regular version. I got to go. I don't want to keep Merlin waiting. So uh, I appreciate you all tuning in today. I am Dan Benjamin at Dan Benjamin on pretty much every service that you want. Support the show by going to patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. Give me a buck. I appreciate it. And uh, subscribe, like, ring the bell and be a good person. Uh, that's all the uh, news I have for you today. And I'll see you again tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody.